Hey Rebels, for the last few episodes, I've been mentioning that we're now an affiliate member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, but I haven't really gone too deep into an explanation of what that means or why you should care. Today, I'm sitting down with a man who's kind of behind the scenes, but also at the front of it too. He's helping build this provincial podcast community. His name is Dale Richardson. Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. How's it going? Great. It's, it's good. Yeah, we're, we're having a beer and... We were talking about some interesting things before you hit the hit the record button. So yeah, I'm I'm good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I see you're wearing a Seinfeld Costanza 2020 shirt. Yes, I think that everyone agrees that in the 2020 election that 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 these two are likely the best uh, two two candidates to be running based on on what else is going out there. And they would definitely be Donald Trump. I think if they if they ran. So yeah. Well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. I I love Seinfeld. I was I was watching Comedians in Cars this morning. The new season just came out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, these guys they would win. Although George is just so stupid that, you know, people people maybe wouldn't want him to be the to be the vice president. But yeah, I love this shirt. <laughs> Always gets a comment. Actually, no, you're maybe the first to comment on it. <laughs> Maybe I don't wear it out enough, but I always kind of put it on thinking somebody will say something, and they don't. So, so thank you for doing that. Maybe I'm exceptional because I'm a bit of a political junkie. Yeah, like people run screaming from talking about politics, whereas I'm, I'm yeah, like, that's my meat and potatoes. Yeah, no, so, same. That's same. my background from school. Um, I don't right. talk about it. People hate talking to me about politics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this the shirt's just so funny. I think that you know maybe maybe somebody would have said something, and just just the idea of of these two characters, you know, ever running for any type of office is is I think very funny. So I think it'd be a lot more predictable than the status quo right now. Well, th these two guys definitely wouldn't care about anyone, you know, because because Seinfeld's the TV series their motto was no hugging, no learning. So there would be no compassion towards anyone in America, which is, you know, in a lot of ways really what's going on right now, but um, it would just maybe be a little more funny. With, with the current president, it's just, you know, there's, there's not a lot of laughs there with that guy. <laughs> somebody actually, you know, not, not to go on about this too long, but somebody actually said, uh, they observed that they had never seen Donald Trump laugh like actually hear somebody say something funny and respond with a genuine, you know, belly laugh. You know, he might do like a, like a, huh, huh type thing where he finds something kind of like interesting, but nobody has ever seen him laugh out loud. And then as soon, and then when they said that, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of when I, when I see this guy, you know, doing interviews is nobody's ever seen him laugh. Like Obama would always... You know, because I mean, he actually went on comedians in cars with, with Jerry Seinfeld, and like he's. I think I think Obama is a genuinely, you know, he has a very good sense of humor. But I don't know if Donald Trump does. I don't think he laughs. Really? I you should you should keep an eye out for this now. Well, now I can't. Now everything I'm going to watch is be like, is he is he ever laugh? I don't think he does. So that's that's an observation. And if anybody listens, or if anybody listening to this 
has seen him actually laugh, please, please let us know. <laughs> Maybe when he's like skinning puppies for a jacket. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cut 101 Dalmatians, perhaps. Right. This let's beer, is, this beer, beer is quite good, by the way. So let's talk about it. Let's okay. talk about it. It's the Summer Wheatley Beer. It's a brand new beer. We launched it about a couple weeks ago. Yes. 4.2% ABV. Yeah, it's a little bit lighter. I, yeah, I, I, I could tell. Yep. It's supposed to have... Well, why don't you tell me what you perceive, and then I'll catch you up with the brewer's notes. Well, basically, everything that you just said. You, it, it is lighter. It, it doesn't... Uh, it's not, it, it, I mean, it's obviously not as uh, strong tasting as some of your other beers, like like your lentil beer, I find to be, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some hit to, to that one. But no, I, I, I would definitely, if I was out at the lake, uh, I, I would definitely drink this one. Yeah. I quite like it. And I'm assuming that that's what you guys are going for with this beer. Wheat beers tend to be light and soft. Yeah. Um, when I look at it, I look at it and it kind of rem- it's hazy, right? It reminds me yes. of orange juice. Yeah, exactly. And then you look at the head and it's kind of like soft and fluffy. Yes. And when you take your first kind of like smell, it, it's not super aggressive, but you maybe get a little bit of orange citrus. Yeah, that's true. And then when I taste it, it washes through my mouth and it feels really like fluffy and, and creamy. Yeah. And that comes from the wheat for sure. Definitely. Right. I find it to be really smooth and creamy. I like it. I think you guys, uh, I think you made a good one here. I really enjoy it. And this is this is the first time that I've had it, so. Do you like that kind of uh, wheat beer style? I, I used to really, when I was like in my kind of mid-20s, early mid-20s, I really liked dark, heavy beers. But then as I've gotten older, which is interesting because I feel like people would kind of go the opposite way. If they, if they really love beer, that they would start out drinking, you know, like a really kind of lighter, maybe not so good beer. And, but, and then as their, as their palate kind of, you know, matures, matures, they move to, you know, kind of darker, more, I don't want, want to say tasteful necessarily, but, you know, beers that have a, a little more body to them. Um, but I, I, I've kind of gone the other way. So this is, I'm glad that you picked this one. Not, not to say that the other beers that you guys make are, are, are not as good. Uh, they're very good, but yeah, I like this one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's here for a limited time. It's designed okay. to be one of those like patio summer drinking. Yeah. Hot out with your friends playing maybe golf or going swimming. Right. Do you guys do marketing research? Like when you make a beer like this, I'm assuming that, that you're thinking, okay, we're going to release it July 1st. We know that just based on what research tells us that that women will probably like this. They'll, you know, maybe more so than men. They're probably gonna want to drink it when they're out at the lake with their friends and, you know, doing it. Or that's funny. Or, that's a that's a great question, and it depends. Yeah, it depends on how old you are. Gender does matter. Right. But it also depends where you are in the craft beer journey. So. So where would people who drink this where 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 would they be in that journey? <laughs> the people we th- that we see drinking our beer. Let's let's back it up a bit. Yeah. If you're in your 30s and you're drinking craft beer, we've already got you. I'm right. We don't really need to market to you because you're already paying attention and you get it. 
Right. You've already made those decisions when you were in your 20s to now your 30s to say, I want to try something that's different, more bold and flavorful. You have a different set of values than, say, somebody who just wants to get just wasted for cheap. Uh Uh-huh, drinking coconut or something like that. When you're going for craft, we know that if you're going to be spending a couple bucks extra on a case Mm -hmm. for that craft product, you're probably more of an experienced drinker. Right. You want to drink and have a nice experience versus just get something wet in your mouth that's Mm. cold and will be refreshing on a hot day. Right. But then we also know that women are the primary purchasers for most households. And women are the most likely to try something new. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in your 30s and you're a guy, you're probably not going to try something new if you aren't already. If you're not already trying all these different craft beers, the odds are you're probably just sticking with your regular preferred light lager that you grew up with and that's it. Right. When it comes to understanding how women make purchases, we know that they're primarily the purchaser for households and they're the ones who will convert their boyfriends and husbands to try craft beer because they'll say hey i picked up something new and you should try it even so that applies even at the liquor store as well i mean i can understand although i feel like it's probably changing where where more men they're going to buy groceries and things like that as as opposed to their their wife or girlfriend but even even at the liquor store that that Still true. Is that right? Women are the ones who are the primary converters and triers of new things. They're the ones who are more willing to experiment with something new. Right. And guys, they they like their thing. They go out. They know that they're getting a case of whatever. They've had that for, you know, they like that taste. They like that brand. Yeah. Okay. And they're not going to switch. Right. Unless their girlfriend says, hey, I got something new. I want to try it. Yeah. And then they go, oh. Okay, the I'd light better, bulb turns on. I'd better get in line here and, and, and enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. In the way that we know we have a core demographic of uh, men and women, mm-hmm. it's actually fairly evenly split, 50-50. When we're looking at all our research and our um, pieces, it's not a male-dominated category. Women are drinking just as much craft beer as men. Great. People maybe assume it's a little bro-y, but it's, it's, uh, it's not. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I I kind of, I guess I would have assumed that. So that's nice that it's not like that. We do see, though, that when you're aged, say, 19 to 25, mm-hmm. you're probably more of a, a price-sensitive drinker. You're looking to get the cheapest amount of product for the most, get the most product for the cheapest price possible. Right. But then once you kind of like finish university or you're into your first career, yeah, that's when people start to say, I want to enjoy something and I'm willing to spend a little bit more to get it. Yeah, because you have, you have some more money to Yeah, to more disposable with. income. Right. And also your taste buds are maturing. You're not just wanting to slam McDonald's five days a week. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're willing to go to a little bit Nothing wrong with that, but yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Oh, I'm not knocking McDonald's. I'm just saying yeah. you don't want to eat it five days a week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be like like Morgan Spurlock. Yeah. Although exactly. he did that for a, a month. And then lost weight. Yeah. Incredible. Lost mass, I guess. Mm-hmm. Muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Turning to jello. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you want to drink drink beer five... Well, a lot of people do drink beer five days a week, I guess. So whatever. We actually discovered through our research that yeah. there's basically two kinds of drinkers people who will party party drink 
So it was like the long weekend. Yeah. On vacation. They'll just, Craven. They'll just give her. And yeah. And they go hard. Yeah. And that's when they drink. And then there's another group of people. They'll have two to three beers a week, but they're doing it with food and meals. Mm-hmm. And it's intentional. It's not just drinking to drink. It's drinking and pairing it with food. Right. Yeah. Mm. And for and for you guys, who is it a mix of both, or more so the the people in that second group where they're they're buying um, the wheat beer to go with, you know, something that they're making that night. Not not so many people that are just drinking to get. It really depends. To, to get blacked out. Um, I'm it really depends, and it's changing a lot. Oh. So we now have the lentil eight pack because there was so much demand for an eight pack of lentil, and we have the eight pack of cerveza, right? Which is our brand new summer beer, and that thing's outselling everything else. It's now our number one. Seller. The cerveza. It overtook lentil. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. What is it about uh, eight beers in a pack that people love? <laughs> I think did you when make, they grab did you guys four, make four, they feel before? like it's not enough. Yeah. We started with four packs because we're like, that's easy. You can grab it. You can hold one in each hand and you're good to go. Yeah. And it's it's a ostensibly a 437 milliliter can. Tall boy. Yeah. It's basically equivalent to a pint. Right. It's a little bit bigger than those little, the little cans. Yeah. So we knew by volume it's the same. That tall boy four pack is the equivalent of a six pack. Oh. Liquid wise. Okay. But so why didn't you guys do six tall boy cans then? Why didn't you just go? How come you doubled it to eight? Price, price points. Oh, okay. I think it was. I think yeah. that was the original decision, and it's easier to carry for, especially right. when you're if you're thinking about holding it in just one finger each. That right, yeah. I and suppose. You, if you're if you're loading up two four packs in your hand, it's probably about as much as your hand can comfortably carry and hold right. for a period of time, from like the car to your fridge. Yeah. And then just having that eight-pack case and a nice cardboard piece just makes it easier to carry. Right. It's less thinking. Yeah. Just grab it and go. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. And if you're going to, like, barbecue or the lake, mm-hmm. maybe you don't want to futz around with a growler or a keg. Growlers yeah. are nice, and we, like, this summer, Wheatley is only available in growlers, no cans. Right. And that's fine. That's great. If you've got the insulated, you've invested in that growler. But cans are just a no-brainer. You just crack them go they're easy to recycle yeah yeah have you guys had quite a growth in people buying growlers no growlers have declined cans have overtaken why because cans are just easier oh yeah and more stores more can convenient. accommodate yeah like we do have stores that sell growlers yeah so you go to like sobeys you can get right. a growler for yeah them. or you can get cans it's like oh i forgot my growler at home i'll just get cans you just go yeah yeah it's the Oh, I'm out driving around. I'm going past Sobeys. Darn, I don't have my growler. I mean, most people, let's be honest, most people don't just ha- have their growler hanging out in the back of their car. Maybe they do. Some do. Some maybe, yeah, some, some maybe do. But, yeah, it would be more convenient just to go and just, just, just pop in and get, the, and get the tall boy cans, right? Yeah. And if you think about what people have been conditioned to purchase for the last 60 years, yeah. everything's switched from glass to now cans. Yeah. Because cans are safer than glass in terms of breakage. Yeah. And it's is, is that the main reason why? Uh, cans are also cheaper than glass. Right. Because, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking recently that I I don't, I can't recall the last time I, I had a bottle, a glass bottle of beer. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like, I actually don't, don't know. Do you My seek mother, out? Huh? Do you seek out particular beers? No. No? No. 
just cans mostly or draft? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I just anytime now. Usually, when I'm drinking beer, it's it's in the summer, like like a lot of beer. I guess it would be in the summer and at the lake, and maybe for the reason that you just said, for for the breakability factor, cans are just you know they're they're there. But even like at the liquor store that that we have at the lake, I don't know if they sell any any bottled beer now that I think about it really yeah huh. I mean I guess I I'd have to look a bit closer you know open up each each door of the cooler and look at what's going on in here but yeah well, it's interesting in terms of small craft brewers most of them are choosing cans because bottles are so expensive right and and that's and that's the thing for you guys yeah basically expense right. packaging yeah. packaging is our number one cost after uh everything out like for wages mm-hmm. so you got your wages but then like packaging costs so much right so much money and you guys you do such um cool designs on your cans well thanks that man. i'm assuming you wouldn't be able to really do on a bottle quite as well uh, am i right i mean you just have a, a sticker probably a sticker label it wouldn't but it wouldn't go all the way around like like on uh on the tall boy cans like you guys have some have some very nice artwork well thank you but you probably wouldn't be able to, you know, you can't really wrap that around a, a whole glass bottle. We'd have to modify it, right. shrink it, yeah. Okay. Mm. But we've had to make some modifications from our old cans, yeah. which is right there up in the sh- on the shelf right. there, yeah, th- yeah. to our new ones that we've we've worked, we've learned that consumers, the way they look at the shelf and what they're glancing at, you've basically got them for two to three seconds to look at your can and decide to purchase. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So we've tried to very much simplify our our cans. We've taken away a lot of the text, and we just said, "Here's four words that describe this beer." You glance at it for a second, you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But that's for people. Who, people are busy, right? How much time? You got screaming kids in tow. You just want to get in, get out. Yeah. You don't want to think too hard about what you're purchasing. Just grab it and go. All right. And for the beer geeks, they're they know they can find more information on Untapped or they're already following us on Twitter and Facebook. So they have that information at their fingertips and they know where to find it. Right. But if you think you're just uh, grabbing quickly, you're just in and out. Yeah. Four words, you know. For our, our fruit sours, it's like tart, fruity, delicious, refreshing. That's oh, that sounds good. Do. Yeah. For lentil, it's like light, crisp, refreshing, right. delicious. You know. I have one more question about the marketing side of things for you guys <laughs> sure do you know um like on the on the demographic side of things people that that buy your your beers are they more like are they married with family with kids or are they single or like common law no kid entrepreneur types who, you know, like that kind of thing. So you're saying like double income, no kids. Yeah, the dinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a spread. Okay. So we know that our primary audience is a little bit older. They're not 19 years old. Yeah. They're probably, people are finding us around the age of 25. Mm. That's when people really start finding us. So we find our audience ranges primarily between the ages of 25 and 40. That's like the big range. Oh, interesting. And there are people outside that range. But um, lots of families, mm. lots of people who are married, they've got kids, they just want to have a nice beer with supper on a Friday, you know, right. that kind of thing. And those are the people who are 
two to three beers per week. Yeah. As opposed to the, I'm going to have beer every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Interesting. We, we did a customer survey and we kind of asked people for feedback. And one of the things they said was, we can't bring our kids to our your tap room. Mm-hmm. So that's a limiting factor. We want to maybe sit and have a drink while we wait for our growler to get filled. But it's not a friendly space for kids. Right. So we've said to ourselves, we live in a province that has a prohibition culture. And that really kind of shames the association or having kids around alcohol. Yeah. But we have restaurants in town where you can get a beer with your supper. And there are kids running up and down, you know, with crayons and yeah, most doing their thing. Most restaurants, you can do that. Yeah. So what we did in response to that feedback was we said, let's try it out. Let's get our license shifted so now you can bring your kids to the tap room. Right. And we have board games and crayons and stuff. Yeah. And we just say, you have to mind your kids. They have to be respectful. This is a place where it's primarily for adults. Yeah. You you will be treated well and you can have like a juice box. We've got like juice box for kids. But it's so mom and dad can just relax and not feel guilty about leaving their kid in the car while they get a growler fill or something, grabbing to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Like my little guy, he's yeah. he's eight now, but before we had that policy, I'd make him stand at the front with his butt against the window. And I'd be like, oh, Stay terrible. there. Don't move. He, he was probably so embarrassed. He was he was like hiding his hands behind his back. He's like, I shouldn't be in here, Dad. And I'm like, just <laughs> you yeah. know what? You're not being served. Just stay there at the front door. Yeah, but that's hands. awkward for him. You know, and he wants to go in and Spend time with you and be around you probably. And <laughs> he loves it. Now that he yeah. can go play pinball. Right, I'd yeah. I bring in a couple loons. Yeah, you guys have the pinball machines there. Yeah. So he, he gets a couple games of pinball and then we give him some free popcorn. He sit him up on the chair. He thinks it's Great. the greatest. Yeah. He's drinking like his juice. And, and and because of that, people will like that more. They'll, they will appreciate that that you guys are doing things like that and will want to come back more often. hope so. Oh, yeah. We don't no, want to alienate sure. people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't had to ask people to, like, leave because their kid is being bad. But it's kind of implied if your kid's out of control. Right. We can't have your kid taking a header off somebody else, you know, at the bar top. No, yeah. (laughs) No, that would not be good, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your background with podcasting. How'd you get into the whole podcasting game? I got into podcasting because, uh, because I wanted to talk to people, basically. I... But I wanted, so my, the podcast that I do right now, the Talking 306 podcast, I started that last, this past fall, so in October 2018. Um, a number of years back, actually, though, in 2014, I, it might have been t- late 2014 or maybe early 2015, I, I started one with a, with a friend and then we did a couple of episodes, and then I think he moved away or, or he did something. And then later that spring, I kind of picked it up again with another guy. Um, but just because of the, the work that I did at the time, I worked in government, just didn't really work out. I mean, you understand that, you know, you work in government, having a podcast is maybe not the best idea, you know, particularly when you work on the political side of government, right? A so. career-limiting move? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's hard so, to have opinions. Well, it wasn't even like I was sharing political opinions, but I, I think that there was the concern that, well, 
something may happen. Somebody may say something. One of my guests may may do something. So, um, so I put, you know, I put that back. Uh, that was on the back burner. I guess totally off. And then when I left government at the end of last summer, I knew that when when I when I left that I wanted to, um, to start my own podcast again. So, um, I really hate small talk with people. I absolutely can't stand it. And I developed some pretty decent, um, you know, relationships with, with people around the province that had some, like some amount of profile. So I figured that with my podcast, I could talk to, you know, some, some fairly notable people in the province. And, um, and that's what my podcast is about. So I've talked to John Gormley. He was my first guest. Um, lots of people in the media. So Murray Mandrick, Adam Hunter, Sarah Mills from Rolko Radio, Rod Peterson is going to be my guest the next week. Um, Brad Wall, I talked to him for, for a short episode. I've talked to Megs Reynolds. She's a fairly notable farmer from s southwest part of the province. Um, so yeah, I, I've talked to a bunch of different people and re really what I talk to them about is, is their journey in life because one thing that I found, maybe you have as well, is that people like hearing people talk about their story. You know, so often we, we, we just think of people in the, in the current moment, right? But, you know, most of these people have great stories, you know, and so I talk to them about you know, where they grew up and their family and, you know, what they did in school and what they like to, you know, do growing up in university and, you know, the kind of the big steps that that lead people to get to where they are right now in their life. A little bit of this is your life? A little bit, yeah. And um, and and I've liked that format. I like, I like the long form kind of setting and I'm able to you know, dive, dive a little deeper in with, with people. And um, I, I don't have a journalism background. I know that you do, but, you know, do, doing it, I've, there have been times where I would kind of wonder, maybe journalism should have been my thing in life. <laughs> I don't think I would have made very much money ultimately, but uh, I'm not sure if I am right now anyway. But, um, but I do like talking to people. I love it. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what, what my own podcast is about. What was the genesis of the podcast network? Something with Alberta? Yeah. So last, you know, kind of at the same time last fall when I started my own podcast, uh, I, I quickly became annoyed at, at how hard it was to find other Saskatchewan podcasts. You know, it's, it, it's fairly easy to find podcasts like this one that have a little more profile, I guess, just you know, because of the business that is, that is doing it. But I, I, I knew that there were other like smaller local podcasts on, you know, various topics, but they were so hard to find. And even after going on places like, you know, like Reddit and going into all the subreddit pages, um, you know, you, I, I found a number that way, but I knew that there were, there was still some out there. So, um, the Alberta Podcast Network was was something that I came across. They launched, I think, in the fall of 2017. So they've been up and running for, 
I guess about a year when I discovered them and I saw it and I, I thought, okay, I, I need to reach out to these people because I, th I think that doing something uh, here in Saskatchewan would be, would be so great. So I contacted their president and just kind of asked, you know, like the nuts and bolts about how they got going and, you know, some of the details there. So, and then really for about the last eight, eight or nine months, it's, it's been actually building the network and, you know, the website and the branding and the, and the, and the social media pages, that's kind of been one thing, but really the biggest part has been finding the, the podcasts to be on the network and, and contacting them, you know, just like I contacted you and, and saying, hey, would you like to be a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network in some fashion at least? And then most of the podcasts would say yes. It sounds like a great idea. We would for sure be interested. And then I have, you know, then I had to go away and basically build it, you know, build the site and the social, like the, the actual thing itself, and then come back and say, okay, we're almost ready to launch. Do you still want to do this? And almost everyone still said yes. And if you said, well, you know, we've, we've actually stopped doing our podcast or, you know, some other reasons. So, so two weeks ago today, we, I officially launched and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting so far. There's, there's been a lot of new podcasts that I didn't even know about that have contacted me since, since we launched and they said, we'd like to be on the network. And I tell them, okay, here's what you kind of have to do in return and like what our deal is. And for the most part, they've all said, yeah, great. And a few have said, well, let me talk to my co-hosts or whatever. So, but yeah, we're, we are off and running. So it's, it's exciting. What show have you discovered that you really enjoy listening to for the podcast network? Uh, the one, there's a new one that, that reached out to me s since we launched. Um, I would say all, all the ones that were on when, when we started, uh, they're all great. But this new one that, that reached out to me by this guy named James, he's in Saskatoon, it's called Friendless. And what he does is he, he does an interview with one, of his, um, with one of his Facebook friends. And they talk, and then afterward, um, they unfriend each other. And then they decide if they actually want to be friends or not. And it's a, you know, it's a commentary on what does it mean to be a friend with somebody on, on social media these days, right? And I think we, like, because Facebook is, I think it, it's kind of been pushed down the social media ladder. It seems like Instagram has overtaken Facebook in a lot of ways. Um, I, think, I think it's such a great idea, you know. Okay, it's, we call them friends on Facebook, but... Um, you know, I mean, I have many people that I follow on Facebook that I'm not friends with. So what, is, what does being a, a Facebook friend actually mean? And they have a big conversation. And yeah, it's, it's a really neat concept. And I'm, yeah, so I'm very happy that that, that podcast is on our network now. So, and it kind of, you know, that, that one speaks to, you know, there, there's podcasts like that. There's interview ones like, like mine and some others. There's a writer's podcast. There's a there's a golf podcast. There's I know I know Greg from the Piffles podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on there, and um, I went to school with him. Okay, yeah. No, so they're like their their writers podcast is kind of the, I think probably the like the leading Rough Riders podcast in the province. 
so I was I was really happy when they when they said that they would come on the network but you know kind of you know with all those different themes for podcasts there's there's just such a such a great variety of podcasts in our province it's it's great you know and not that many of them are really you know Saskatchewan specific um so yeah it's nice it's wonderful who's a sleeper who do you think's got real potential to come up and make some noise there is a woman uh her name is uh Jade Roberts she her podcast is called still here still here still healing and she interviews uh residential school survivors and she is not able to do that many episodes because you know i think understandably she's like she told me it's it's hard to find survivors who who will share their story with her just because it's it's such an emotional um you know difficult thing but i i think that podcast is 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 very important for this province and yeah hopefully hopefully she's able to talk to some more people cuz i think it's I think it's very important. Um, Sean Broom. I know he, Sean. <laughs> yeah, he does the Story of You podcast. That's in Regina. Is it a comedy-oriented podcast? No, no. I it, remember him from being Comedy Days. Okay. No, well, I mean, he. some of his guests, they, they may be funnier, but uh, the ones that I've listened to, he his podcast is a lot like mine in that he gets, you know, he kind of, delves a bit deeper with his guests and talks about their life and he like some of his guests he's he's talked his guests have shared some of their like like very traumatic um experiences in their life and you know like very challenging times with their family and parents and things like that um so i went on his podcast a couple of weeks ago and i said to him we have similar podcasts. You talk to people, which is really more like on the micro level, um, you know, here in Regina. He he doesn't talk. You know, he talks to some not- more notable people, but like he'll have people just you know random people in the community say, "Hey, I'd like to come onto your podcast," and he'll talk to them, which I think is great because the you know people's stories wouldn't normally be able to be told or or to be shared if it wasn't from him. So. Um, but you know they're they're not all dark and you know it's sad. They're he talks to to a bunch of different people. So I think yeah those are those are those are two good ones. And um, but but again there's you know we have over thirty podcasts on the network now. So there's a there's a whole bunch. If uh, so ho- hopefully soon none of them will be will be sleepers. They'll all be you know very popular. You know one of the things that I that I think about a lot these days, and I've and I've said this in the in the last number of weeks, is that in this day and age, when people think that all that we do is stare at our our cell phones, and we're on Facebook and Instagram and you know whatever, that we're not that we're not talking to the people you know that are nearby us, that podcasting has become so popular. And usually what it is, is people talking to each other. So, you know, and, and podcasting has become so popular. So I think about that, you know, yeah, you know, we are spending lots of time on Instagram, you know, you know, scrolling away and or reading tweets on Twitter that 
tomorrow will mean absolutely nothing. But this this explosion in podcasting and you know you know people like you and I talking to each other about whatever you know whether it's beer or you know sharing some you know very personal stories with each other. Um, I think I think it's really interesting. It 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 says says a lot about where where people are you know right now that we you know, we, we do want to hear content like that we want to we do want to listen to people's people's stories and um yeah i'm that's really one of the big reasons why i love podcasting i i like hearing other people talk about things like that cool yeah <laughs> well dale I want to thank you for your time today thank you very much for having me the beer was great thumbs up Yes, I, uh, I, I, may, I may go get it now, in fact. It is the weekend after all. We're doing this on a Friday, so. Deadly. Do you, do you guys have some of this available right now? Yeah, okay. that's why we're promoting it on oh, yeah. the show. Okay, good. Yeah. And anyone, uh, and anyone else who's listening, tell, tell me the name of this beer again. Summer Wheatley. Summer Wheatley. It's a reference to um, Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. I didn't love that movie. People are going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> Not one of my favorites, but I, I know that other people love it. The beer is great. So, uh, yeah, every, everyone should go and get it. And thanks, thanks very much for having me on here. Rebels, thanks for tuning in this week. If you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. I'm going to include links to the Saskatchewan Podcast Network so you can find out more about all the shows we just talked about. Just check it out in the show notes below. Once again, thank you for joining the Rebellion.